can you believe that the year 2023 is coming to a close and that in just four weeks, we're going to be celebrating the change and the shift in calendar from 2023 to 2024? You know, it has gone by real fast, but this is also a reminder that Jesus' second coming is one year closer to being a reality. 2023 has been a year of challenges, a year that for many of us, we have experienced highs and lows. Nevertheless, it's a year that when we look back, we can definitely say that God has blessed us. I wanna share with you some of these blessings that we have encountered this year. From a church's perspective, we have baptized 10 individuals. Five of them have come in addition to that through professions of faith. God has blessed us in our increase here at the church. At the same time, our VBS program has solidified itself as one of the best in Naples as we have catered to 50 families this last summer. Additionally, our community services, we have fed over 1,000 families this year alone. This is a record number. It's not just about numbers that I'm bringing this to you. These are about the blessings that God has given us. And as a result of the blessings he has given us, we have been able to bless our community as well. It is because of these blessings that I want to invite you to partner with us as we share and we look forward to sharing God's gospel with our community. How can I help, you may ask? One, you can help by volunteering with the most precious commodity that you have that all of us have been given, your time. We are looking to start new ministries next year, such as Pathfinders and Adventurers, and we desperately need volunteers, people who are willing to serve to help foster our young people to deepen their spiritual walk with God through these ministries. Additionally, we are also planning, as we speak, a mission trip to take place in 2024. The second part that you can help us with is through the resources God has blessed you with. You see, these resources are what helps us to fund these ministries. But you may be asking, well, Pastor, what about the tithes I have returned? That's a great question. Let me take a couple of seconds here to explain to you where tithe goes and how it's applied. For every dollar that you return as tithe to the Naples Seventh-day Adventist Church that is marked tithe in your envelope or when you delineate that on your online giving as tithe, 79 cents go to the Florida Conference. Those funds are then accumulated through all, all the churches in the Florida Conference. And then in turn, they are able to fund pastor's salaries, teacher's salaries, Camp Kalakwa uh, staff, evangelism funds, and the various ministries that the Florida Conference offers us. The remaining 20.4 cents go to the World Church. So thank you already for those gifts that you have given us. Through the tithes you've returned, through the local offerings you have given to the Naples SDA Church. And I can't emphasize enough for you not to neglect the local church in your year-end giving. I pray that as you continue to grow and as you pray and give, I thank you already in advance. And I look forward to seeing how God is going to move 
in you and through you. And as a result, he's going to work in us and through us as a church family. May God bless you. Have a wonderful Christmas. been a long time since I've stood before you in this capacity. Many things have happened. Some good, some not so good. But through it all, God continues to show me that he is good. And what more can I say about Jesus? The same yesterday, today, and forever. Savior, Lord, intercessor, friend, all of those things. And most of all, right now, soon coming King. Do me a favor, would you stand to your feet? And repeat after me. Jesus, Jesus is coming, is coming. Again. again. One more time. Jesus, Jesus is coming, is coming. Again. again. Be seated. Pray with me. Loving Lord. Use this flawed vessel for your glory. Bless the hearers and the message you shall send. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. However, no one, not even the angels in heaven, nor myself, knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Only the Father knows. And since you don't know when it will happen, stay alert. Be on watch for my return. My coming can be compared with that of a man who went on a trip to another country. He laid out his employees' work for them to do while he was gone and told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. Keep a sharp lookout, for you do not know when I will come. At evening, at midnight, early dawn, or late daybreak. Don't let 
me find you sleeping. Watch for my return. This is my message to you and to everyone else. I was young, always inquisitive, subject to creative fits of imagination. The child of a Bible-believing, conservative Christian home, it was a natural thing for me to hear biblical stories and to ponder salvational themes. The fruit of one of my pondering episodes came to the fore when I exclaimed to one of my aunts that Jesus might come in the year 1964. As she looked down at me, she neither confirmed nor denied my prediction. She responded with a murky description, crediting some persons who seemed to have authority with an urgent message that we had little time before the big event. This led me to believe that these persons had been calculating the approximate time of Christ's arrival. The conversation ended. I went on my merry little way, doing what kids do, and I suppose that I was satisfied that someone even took the time to listen. Looking back, it is apparent I was still learning or else I would have never made such an audacious prediction. But at the same time, it is comforting to know that at such a young age, I seriously believed that Jesus told the truth and was actually back, coming back. Now tell me, have you ever seriously thought about the coming of the Lord? Think about it. This all-powerful being coming from the distant heavens, is coming to planet Earth. Not as a babe to be temporarily lodged in the confines of a human womb, but as a conquering king and liberator. Now some may think this is an alien invasion. The real life version of a Hollywood movie. But true believers know that Jesus is no alien. They believe that what the angels told the disciples, as rendered in the clear word, after the meeting was over, they walked through Jerusalem out to the Mount of Olives. There he said goodbye. Then they watched as he was lifted up off the ground, higher and higher, up into the sky, until a cloud of angels welcomed him, and he disappeared from sight. And while they were standing there, hoping to catch one last glimpse of Jesus, suddenly two men dressed in white robes stood next to them and said, You Galileans, why are you standing here looking up into the sky? This same Jesus, whom you have just seen go up into heaven, will come back the same way you saw him leave. Jesus is Isaiah's first Advent Emmanuel, the God with us. 
who will return for us. He is not an alien. So send up the F-35 jet fighters. Send up the F-16s. Send up the Patriot missiles. No human intention or inferior invention can stop him. And have you ever thought why it is that Christ's first coming gets more attention than his promised second coming? Whatever your belief in the actual historical date of Christ's birth, it goes without saying that in the American landscape, the celebration of the first advent is really big. It has evolved into a celebratory cocktail of truth, legend, and myth. And for a brief period, there seems to be an appearance that the worlds of the secular and the sacred mesh for one ideal intention. In fact, for many, the preparation and celebration involved goes to the point of stress. With the smell of turkey still in our clothes, on Black Friday, anything goes. By trains and boats and planes, people show up at your house you haven't seen in months or even years. Chapels and churches all over the town bid holiday celebrants come hear tidings of joy at our place. We could, if we desired, run an attendance marathon between concerts and a plethora of parties. We don ugly sweaters, bake, decorate, then masticate our field of sugar-laden cookies. We fill the digital world with animated holiday messages and snail mail with countless colorful cards bearing wishes for joy, peace on earth, and goodwill. We deck the halls with boughs of holly, attach strings of bright lights to the entrances of our gated communities and our houses. We purchase evergreen trees, then ceremoniously adorn their branches with more bright lights and colorful ornaments. We revel in bygone tales of sleigh bells, prancing horses, and reindeer who still fly from rooftop to rooftop, the willing servants of an idolized fat guy in a red suit who bears gifts for the well-behaved. We spend endless hours with our credit card powers, prowling the aisles of the chic boutiques and the boundless floors of department stores. And that once-a-year music enters our ears, surrounds us, and drowns us in holiday cheer. AM and FM, satellite and streamed, cable and network, and all in between, 
While we shop and we dine, there's no reprieve. It even follow us to sleep and invades our dreams. And we're no match for the seduction of the culinary arts. So whenever, wherever we're able, we pick out at the holiday table. But have you considered what the world would be like if there were a holiday, holiday devoted to the second coming? What if this day was celebrated with as much fervor and passion as is Christmas? What if the Christians of the world celebrated it? And what if the non-believers who have seemingly tagged along just for the fun in celebrating Christ's first advent joined in celebrating the second advent? In the Christian world, would there be a revival of watching for the Lord's return? In the secular world, would there be a positive change? The holiday for the second coming would be known as Rescue Day. <laughs> Celebrated every July 1st, which is in the middle of the year. For Rescue Day, we deck the halls with olive branches. The olive branch in ancient times when extended said to the recipient, let us make peace. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is God's extended olive branch to us. The olive branch was the pleasant symbol carried in the dove's mouth, a signal to Noah that the flood was over. Indeed, when Jesus comes the second time, the flood of sin that has harassed and hounded us will be over. Amen. For rescue day, let us attach strings of bright lights to our houses and evergreens. And let these lights be manufactured in the shape of cloven tongues of fire. Recalling the day of Pentecost and paying tribute to the Holy Comforter who leads men and women to Jesus then shines and guides them in their daily walk. The prayer of Jesus. And I will pray the Father, and he shall send you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever... I have said to you. The Spirit is a regenerating agency to make effectual the salvation wrought by the death of our Redeemer. The Spirit is constantly seeking to draw the attention of men to the great offering that was made on the cross of Calvary. To unfold to the world the love of God and to open to the convicted soul the precious things of Scripture. 
for rescue day. Let us all hang scarlet strips of linen in our front windows that calls to mind the Old Testament rescue of Rahab and reminds us of the coming rescue that is our own. For the rescue season, let the music of the nation pivot, pivot to a focused theme of deliverance, welcoming the composing of new rescue carols and elevating existing songs to a new carol status. The music of the Negro spiritual, America's authentic folk music, inspired by the plight of a people captive to the oppression of slavery, especially encapsulates the theme of deliverance. I'm going to tell you about the coming of the Savior. Fare you well, fare you well. That the time shall be no longer. Fare you well, fare you well. In that great getting up morning, fare you well, fare you well. And then swing low. Sweet chariot. Coming for to carry me home. I looked over Jordan and what did I see coming for to carry me home? A band of angels coming after me. Coming for to carry me home. And then there are the familiar hymns. Page 626 in the hymnal. In a little while, we're going home. Page 213, Jesus is coming again. 604, we know not the hour. And the great Adventist hymn, we have this hope. We have this hope that burns within our hearts, hope in the coming of the Lord. Let these new elected carols be on the lips of carolers, walking the streets, standing on street corners, and let their melodic tones be piped into shopping mall corridors and stores both large and small while you shop. And remembering that the only thing you can take with you from earth to heaven is your character. Let the gifts you buy be symbolic of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And considering the trend to host single-color themed parties, let the white party be the official choice of the rescue season with white decorations, party favors, and all-white attire. Let testimonies be read, testimonies be said, and scripture read. The Apostle John says, after I 
After this I beheld and lo a great multitude which no man could number of all nations, kindred, tongues, and people stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes and palms in their hands. Instead of reindeer flying from rooftop to rooftop bearing gifts in a sleigh, let cards, posters, and art portray the angels of heaven flying from house to house and gravesite to gravesite, gathering the saved, confirming the gift of salvation and eternal life. The prophet Isaiah declares, as presented in the clear word, but those of your people who have died trusting in you will live again. Those who reside in the dust of the earth will wake up and shout for joy. As the sparkling dew refreshes the earth and brings forth fruit, so the Lord will shower the earth with grace and raise those who have long been dead. The Apostle Matthew foretells in the Good News translation, the trumpet will sound and he will send out his angels to the four corners of the earth and they shall gather his chosen people from one end of the world to the other. What if there were a holiday for the second advent? The second coming of Christ. What if the celebration was really big? Would there be a change in the world? The secular world is caught in a distraction melee that makes it difficult to keep Christ's return at center stage in hearts and minds. We have watched the moral decline of our society as unnumbered masses have grown up in an atmosphere devoid of spiritual mentorship or leadership. They are now the proselytes of the internet, exposed to the daily sermonizing of social media gurus, influencers, and the clever manipulation of algorithms. There is no short supply of fake news and alternative facts. It is through false theories and traditions that Satan gains power over the mind by directing men to false standards. He misshapes the character. Multitudes are so sunken in sin that they have lost the sense of eternal realities lost the similitude of God, and they hardly know that they have souls to be saved or not. They neither have faith in God nor confidence in man. Simultaneously, could it be that in our particular portion of the religious world, we have removed the exclamation point from the proclamation that Jesus is coming? Could it be that we have boxed our appointments in with our appointment with Jesus? 
Jesus is coming. Monday is my appointment for a manicure and pedicure. Jesus is coming. Tuesday is my day for a massage. Jesus is coming. Wednesday, I'm taking my pickup in for an oil change. Jesus is coming. Thursday, I have a date with my therapist. Could it be that our, in our experience that the Advent proclamation, easy for you to say, proclamation has lost its edge and there is no sense of urgency? Could it be that the rush and the repetition of our routine has lured us into spiritual slumber? A belief in the second coming of Jesus comprises more than a dogmatic truth to be repeated in our confession of faith. It is the cornerstone of our spiritual life. This is no time to be indifferent and careless and pleasure-loving. Christ is coming with power and great glory. Glory. Are you ready? Are you putting away your sins? Are you becoming sanctified through the truth in answer to the prayer of Christ he prayed concerning his disciples? Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. On more than one occasion, I have told people that Jesus is coming. And very casually, without reservation, their answer was always, I'm ready. Now, I would not want to rush to judgment. But the casualness in the tone of voice coming from people who have exhibited no spiritual bent seemed to say that there was no deep understanding of what Christ's return actually meant. It was as if they were actually saying, I'm tired of the circumstance in which I find myself, and I'm ready for it to be over. I don't have to do anything to prepare, because Jesus will come and save me in whatever state he finds me, just on general principle. On another occasion, I was having a conversation with a friend, and she told me that she had had a dream that the Lord was coming. The dream was quite disturbing because she wasn't ready. She had blown it, so to speak. And though the decades have passed, and I live in another city in another state, I still hear her voice in my head telling me in her vernacular, here the Lord was coming, and I done blew. So what does one do to be ready? What does one do not to blow it? He or she will recognize the wrongs done. 
pledge not to do these things anymore. To those who may have been harmed by their actions, make amends. Ask God's forgiveness for past mistakes and accept Jesus' death on the cross as payment for your sins. Then take great care in listening to the Holy Spirit daily. Don't you want to leave this planet? This place where sex traffickers ply their sordid trade on the shoulders of the young and the innocent. This place where Hollywood idols and a host of the ungodly mock the sanctity of marriage, exchanging partners like dogs in heat. Where today's wife is tomorrow's mistress and yesterday's husband is today's boy toy. This place where racism hides in the hearts of men and raises its ugly head at the slightest whim and rides a roller coaster of injustice that seeks no end. This place where televangelists live lavishly enriching themselves from the coffers of the poor and religious radicals murder thousands in the name of God. <clears throat> This place where the middle class is fading, the chasm between rich and poor widens with each passing day. This place where COVID claims your neighbor and contaminates your friends. Where red tide invades the beaches, hurricanes, forest fires, and earthquakes destroy cities and towns. The place where government is stagnant. And people just can't get along. But when Jesus comes the second time, he comes to put the drug companies and the hospitals out of business. In the twinkling of an eye, sickness and pain depart. He comes to drive away all sorrow the sorrow of making ends meet, the despair of broken relationships, dreams unfulfilled, and to unlock the prison cell of loneliness. He comes in triumph over death to call that someone you have loved and missed from the dark and gloomy portholes of the grave back to the welcome of your embrace. The former things are passed away. Man may never make a holiday for the second coming. But the day of the second coming will be a holiday indeed.